Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 441 of the JV Club. Here we are in October, my friends. Please enjoy this Max Fun Block Party Week 2 episode with the truly marvelous Maeve Higgins. I've been such a fan for so long. I'm so... I really pretend like I know her better than I do because I'm such a fan. I want everyone to think I'm as cool as she is. Uh, What a joy to speak with her. Please check out Dinette. Uh, The link is in the show notes. We talk lots about it on the show. And you can do me the return favor of telling everyone that I'm friends with Maeve, right? Or do we have a deal? Okay. Please enjoy the rest of the Max Fun Block Party second week. And I will talk to you soon. I feel like I haven't talked to you slash seen you since possibly, I mean, I don't think I saw you the last time you were at Sketchfest, and I feel like we've done an international waters or two, um, but it's been a minute. Of course, I just saw you on Dinette, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, yeah, the Sketchfest was probably the last time I saw you, right? Yeah, I think probably. Um... But that was a while ago. <laughs> and obviously time is different now. But, in every, um, in every conceivable it way, few, it does seem to a be. A few years ago. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. And that was before you got your butt implants. So oh, my I, God. I And congratulations, by the way. Thank and you I so see you much. S- sitting up tall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is so. And what I didn't expect was them for to use actual mm-hmm. phone books. Like they, when you, <laughs> as a child, when they put you on a phone book. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they had to figure out something to do with those phone books. I mean, no it's one's an using it. them anymore. No one uses phone books. What are they going to do with them? Make them into butt implants. <laughs> and it just, it works beautifully. So, yeah. you know, you're recycling and you're stunning. Well, you know, I'm very so. eco-conscious. I will not yeah. get fillers or implants unless I know they're doing some good for right. the environment. <laughs> just from old paper. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Have not seen what it's like to get them wet yet. Don't know what's going to happen there. How pulpy we'll be talking about. But I got a good feeling. You'll find out. We're coming into the rainy season. Everybody oh, check out this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, well, I am glad that you noticed my implants. I want to mm-hmm. thank you for hopping on the JV Club. It, I'm can let go of all the bitterness I've had low these many years that somehow I had not had you on the podcast yet and somehow blamed you even though it is not your fault at all <laughs> I know I've sent an application after application oh, you know I've got through a, every yeah, medium my you mm-hmm. know my web uh, administrator is not has not mm-hmm. been delivering those applications in a timely manner <laughs> my web I sent them in you know yeah, yeah. Accompanied by different types of cakes and yeah, everything. But it did was not just get any of that unnoticed. Did yeah. not get any of that. Were you sending mm-hmm. it just? Were you sending the cakes over the internet? <laughs> I, I sent it, Janet. Yeah, I sent cakes, emailed cake to Janet. Huh? At Janet at club. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you say you didn't get them. I got I got confirmation receipts every single time. I so. so wish you thought that my email address was Janet at club. Janet at club. Period. <laughs> There's no dot. There's no, no suffix. No. It's just Janet at club. That would make me so happy. That would make me deeply, deeply happy. Um, listen, you're in New York, right? I am, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, where you guys I shot Dinette, huh? Brooklyn. Yes, yeah, we shot so it in um, a diner in Queens, actually. So um, I guess... The way Shayna, the director, did it was she, you know, it's like on a budget, right? Her her work is always on a small God, budget. It looks so good. It's It looks so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. she's, you know, she's fabulous. Like, she manages to get high production values. But what I was going to say about being on a budget is she uses real locations, right? She's not about to, like, dress sure. a whole building. You know, so she uses a real diner um, in Queens. And so it, I think it looks really great like it's it's old and it's like packed full of stuff and it's just a really cute location so I think it works well that way you know it's great it's great I did that thing where (laughs) I was I had I 
I had not seen season one, uh, mm. and I started at season two, episode one, and I did. <laughs> I did. I'm saying I did that thing like it's a thing. I don't think it's a thing, but for me, I guess it's now a thing, which is that I wa- I was watching. Uh, both of you not speaking with an American accent, and then, and then when it switches over to two new people who do not not have American accents, I was like, "Oh, their American accents are so good." Oh, you thought that the cast was <laughs> yeah. like made up of immigrants? I, I think I thought it was being shot somewhere that wasn't the United States of America, even though everything. In everything oh. I knew about it was that it was. It's just one of those things your brain does when you've you've established information that just gets shoved totally to the side as oh. you start a whole new story for yourself that you don't even know you're starting. Yeah. It's all unconscious. It's all happening below the surface. And then some thought mm-hmm. bubbles up like, oh, these guys, listen, it's hard to do an American accent for some from, for some people from the UK. And they are just doing a great job. And it only lasted a split second, but that was still a split second that was 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 succeeded by like an hour of shame. Do you know what I mean? Like, why did I think, th- Janet? Why did you think that? Why did your mind even go there for a second? Come on, yeah, you know better. That's funny. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I um, it's funny. Americans are not used to watching, you know, anything with like non-Americans in it. I mean, it's such a kind of a like American TV is so dominant. Well, yes, you know, even and, even in Ireland and yeah. in you know all around the and world. And I watch like, a ton like, of non. I mean, I watch. I mean, I t- I'm totally that nerd who has like Acorn TV and watches you know t- lots of <gasps> British murders Vera? and oh, I love Vera. Oh, I love Vera. I love so much, Vera. And love also Shetland. Oh, Shetland's wonderful. The, I mean, that yeah. location porn is just absolutely wonderful and. You know, I, I when I once I, I found out that my mom's side of the family is Scottish, you know, fairly far in. It's like maybe my great, great, great grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. But still, I felt like that immediately explained my love of fog and moors and um, and mountains. And my mom felt the same way, um, even as a person who preferred living in the desert. She lived in Arizona by choice. Um, she went on a trip to Scotland and she was like, you know, something in my bones just said, yes. She said, then I couldn't wait oh. to get back home to the desert where I choose to live. But she said there was some mm-hmm. kind of feeling that she'd never had before that felt uh, ancestral. And I don't know if that's all psychosomatic, but when I watch shows like Vera or Shetland, anything that feels remotely Scottish, uh, I feel like, yeah, I've earned this. Did you watch Outlander? I definitely, I've watched Outlander. I think I've made it through three seasons. Um, Mm. And then it was, it was like, it's one of those shows where I didn't have stars anymore and then but I, I felt confident because it was showing up on Netflix but then Netflix is behind several years or something like yeah. I'm waiting for the season that I haven't seen yet to become available not on stars because I don't have stars anymore but definitely watch that for sure um, yeah, that's very Scottish. Yeah, I mean, it, the, those things are a joy. So that takes us back to, it's not, I mean, so that takes us back to if I'm seeing people who aren't American on a show, I guess it makes sense that my brain somewhere in there tells me that I'm watching one of my programs. And so it's not so much <laughs> that, I, you know, that, but so and then it was like, oh, no, 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 this is American. You can calm down, Janet. This is not... <laughs> <laughs> you've just you've just conflated some things and that's all and we're okay we've come through it you and me and my butt Absolutely. implants yeah definitely definitely and by the way listeners if you have any complaints about how this episode's gone so far please feel free i love your feedback please email me at janet at club janet at club and that's it <laughs> was just, was dinette the f- you oh, can oh, also yes. text oh please you can also text that please um, give them my number you can also text janet at club at cl- <laughs> <laughs> shoot me a text love to get it at club <laughs> at club um was dinette the first thing that you shot pr- post uh this oh well actually we made it before the pandemic. oh you did so, okay yeah yeah i okay. haven't actually filmed anything since um since Got like it. New York is open back up again. 
Got um, it. It feels a bit, well, I mean, my friends who are on sets and stuff, and I think people are really careful and, and good to one another on set, but yes. it, it still feels a little bit nerve wracking, I think. Yeah, but then walking the streets of New York, as I I actually was just in New York not too long ago, oh. um, I felt like it felt like there nothing had ever happened. <laughs> just yeah. not going into, I'm sure going into restaurants may be a little different, but just walking down the streets and seeing people sort of spilling out of bars and stuff, I was like, I have to be honest, I, I don't know that you know that there was still a virus going around. It's yes, kind of interesting. It, it is interesting, isn't it? Like when you see different parts of, yeah, different parts of the world and different parts of the country. I mean, I would say like the city has really high vaccination rates it does really really low transmission at the moment even though the schools are back open so I think we're in a really lucky spot we're in a good spot yeah we're in a good spot definitely and it felt and I loved all of the little pop-outs that you know are out on the street of how the seeing the way each restaurant sort of handles having you know five extra tables or so oh isn't um, that funny and decorating it and it's very sweet yeah it's really cute it's you know kind of unexpected right because everything you know, it's this city is so given over to cars, uh, usually. Um, yeah. But now, like where I live in Brooklyn, they they still um, cut off the avenues at weekends. And so all the shops and all the restaurants like have people just sitting all over the street, like not just the bike lanes, like the entire street is yeah. being used by the community. That's um, so cool. That's not yeah, a thing I necessarily would have thought New York would have done, you know, like in the same way, I don't know that I would have thought that Paris would be become so aggressively cycle friendly, which I think is completely amazing and wonderful. Um, yeah, it's it's lovely when the place surprises you, isn't it? Or yeah. I suppose when you think, well, this is set in stone, like there's not much we can do about like the way the city is organized. And then of especially course, as there where is. cars are concerned, you know, mm-hmm. especially where drivers and taxis like th- that feels like such a loud voice of a city that you feel like, well, everything, well, cars have to come first and then everything else, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, ha- we'll just have to figure it out. Yeah, um, So putting something else first is, is really exciting. Pizza. Put pizza first. <laughs> it's like you can literally sit in the on the middle of Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn and eat pizza. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll be in Brooklyn next month, so I'll I'll be able to do some uh, exploring. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, there. you see, I'll the thing is, we'll have to wait and see because it's going to get cold. So I'm not True. really sure, like what you know. I was here last winter too, so it was kind of tough in the winter, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, listen, people I mean, are when they investing see, in when you drop your name yeah. and uh, you know they're going to oh. close down. They're going to close down um, Columbus Circle, baby. You know they are. You know <laughs> they are. They are going to close down Columbus Circle. Uh, now, how's everybody doing back home in Stockholm, where you're from? <laughs> yes, well, my Swedish family, um, they're all so healthy and tall and Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, no, but you, how is your family? How's everybody, how's everybody doing uh, Yeah, very well. Yeah, very well. Everyone's fine. Um, and I mean, it's good. I spent some of the pandemic in Ireland, um, but it's good to be back. I think it's good to be back here now, you know. Yeah. Um, My friend who lives in Brighton in England um, really had that winter experience that, you know, you alluded to a little bit with Brooklyn in the winter, but I mean, just dark, dark days and oh. just no, going nowhere, just nowhere. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like, oh, OK, well, like I've always, you know, in L.A., you can you still could always go for a walk or go for a hike or, yeah. you know, stop, go and walk and grab you your, your takeout. You could go to the observatory. Well, to be honest, well, you could go to the outside of the observatory. You're right. <laughs> uh, but she, it just sounded like the way she was describing it truly sounded like she just didn't leave her house at all. And oh, wow. that seemed yeah. so, so depressing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I hope she's OK. You know what she is? Because they're coming out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also she was in a bad relationship and that ended. So that's also... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, that was, needed to happen post-haste. Oh, yeah, definitely. I guess... Oh, my gosh. She had to wait until they could officially break up or something. Yeah. I mean, I think it was headed that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it just sort of made itself in- abundantly clear as soon as it could. And then it was time to move on. But that is that is another... I mean, God, they're just so... People are going to be like... 
I, well, I was having a conversation about this recently with uh, a friend, and it wasn't on a podcast, but I know it was very strange. It was not recorded, so I'm forced to oh. talk about it a little bit here so Weird. that there's some record of it. <laughs> uh, but um, How awful but, that you got caught out speaking. I know. I know. Anything. It was so weird. It felt so weird. I felt so naked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened. <laughs> um, I often, uh, I just pick up my phone. I say, you should. I'm just going to do a voice should. memo of and this. You should. You know, doctor. Okay, doctor, I'm just going to get this on tape. I will say what's what you're telling me. A little doctor. <laughs> Listen, you should always, always protect your medical well being and always protect your rights. Always protect your, your citizens' and patients' rights. Um, Ironically, what I'm going to say is about recording history, uh, but it is maybe that's not ironic. It's just coincidental. It felt slightly ironic as Mm -hmm. I was saying it Um, is this idea of people, you know, sort of like chronicling their experiences. And I'm speaking, too, of journalists and just writers who are putting putting pen to paper to proverbial paper. But still having the presence of mind and I think the the humbleness to recognize that, like, we don't know what any of this means yet. Like, it's in 20 years, someone can read something that a journalist wrote about her marriage to her husband and why she started hating him when they were living together mm-hmm. uh, and put it into a context that, like, we absolutely can't see right now because we're just in it. You know, it's it's all over us. And I like I sort of appreciate being in such a unique time in our mm. existence that that even people who are who are known for like for who need to feel like they need to have hot takes you know that the journalist who like needs to have a hot take on social media mm-hmm. even some of them are like look i'm just kind of recording what's going on i'm just writing how i feel i'm writing what's going on because mm. someone someday will make better sense of this historically psychologically emotionally than I can right now you know yeah yeah I mean it's yeah it's not an easy job to like document what's happening I think but um I mean some people are doing a good job of you know putting it into context and helping us to understand it I think yeah you know um I I made a podcast during the pandemic um well I stepped in as co-host and it was called social distance and the Atlantic made it with yes yes um, Jim Hamblin and he was always great to you know to I guess just to get get some like context and understand the breadth of what was happening because yes a hundred percent you know he's and, a, sci- a yeah. science writer and a doctor and absolutely had access to a lot of you know the newest kind of information and, and the latest developments so that was you know that was like a real privilege for me to be able to kind of you know try and grasp at least because I think it is you know it's kind of our responsibility as well to to understand what's happening as best we can you know absolutely absolutely and I will say I have only had positive experiences with everything related to the Atlantic I think it's such a great resource um and that is that doesn't fall into the category that 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 I would think of as being like you know, when you just read something on social media and it's, and it, you know, there are sites that, that have terrific writing. And also, like, that's part of the process. Like, part of the process of being able to analyze this 20 years from now is the person who's like, well, I figured out what the pandemic means for women, period. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've solved it, everyone. I've solved it. Here it is on Jezebel. Like, I appreciate that. I am totally the person that's like, I don't know. I need some some distance uh, from my own experience of this to kind of feel right. like I have a, 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 a definitive idea about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but, you know, so I'm, I appreciate that. But also, you know, you're, you're also talking about something that is a little more in the moment, in the present, and, and how important it is to sort of make as much sense of it as we can. Mm, definitely. Particularly with respect to, like, where compassion fits in, because unless you're, unless you're having those conversations, everybody kind of, you can really, like, burrow into your own brain and lose track of everything else and everyone else so yeah oh yeah for sure you know it's good to stay connected um how long when did you officially move to the states how long have you been here Um, or was it back and forth a lot about nine years ago okay um yeah around nine years ago eight or nine years ago I'm not actually 100 percent sure that's that what that I feel like yeah yeah, that I feel like that dates both of us in the sense that I 
definitely met you when you were still not living in the United States. And that mm-hmm. feels like a shocking, like that feels shocking to me that that was as many as eight or nine years ago. Yeah, because I tracks. would come over and do shows, you know, every now yeah. and then um, and definitely do shows with Eugene Merman, who um, I met, I think, at the Edinburgh Festival initially, like many years yeah. ago. Um, and then he was like, I've, I have a festival and, you know, he's so oh, he's such a great festival. Um, he's such a great kind of a supporter of, yes. of others. Um, so, yeah, I would come over to New York every year or so and do do gigs. And then that that kind of like led me to think about moving here. So it was not, and you knew your experience was coming and coming to New York. There was probably never a moment where you thought you know, hey, I should move to Los Angeles or hey, I should move to mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, yes, I, I moved to the US, but I really do feel like I just moved to New York and that it's very, you know, it's a very different place here than it is, you know, even than LA and certainly, you know, than Texas or than, I don't know, Washington. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just... Name some other cities. This is fun. No, and, Washington. <laughs> oh, you got me. You're doing great. You're also, doing great. do you like how I was like, LA or Texas? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's That is a state on everyone's mind that is not being isolated city by city right now for many people for very mm-hmm. good reasons. And um, mm-hmm. I, my heart goes out to uh, Austin. And, frankly, every person who doesn't believe in some of the... Stuff that's happening there who also still lives in Texas because it's not just in Austin that people are going, what? No, wait, I yeah, I don't like this. I don't, this is not, I don't feel this way. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. So, so, so rough. So, so rough. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. in Ireland did you grow up where were you a teenager Maeve um I grew up in Cork in the south of Ireland so mm-hmm. I mean Ireland was very small I mean it's probably smaller than Texas I think I think it is smaller than Texas you know but I don't I think know if it is. it's smaller than LA <laughs> uh, it has a smaller population I don't even LA. know where the boundaries of LA begin or end anymore so right. it's that's that's a tricky question in and of itself yeah um I do feel like for people who enjoy true crime I feel like Cork is uh, an area that came up in kind of a well-known true mm-hmm. crime story a documentary recently right there was a podcast and there was yeah there was a was a yeah, West Cork I guess I mean you know statistically we really have very few murders <laughs> but one of them just is <laughs> I very hate that famous you have to preface it I know <laughs> absolutely and yeah, and it's, oh, what it's, a hotbed of murder West Cork yeah. is! Oh, I personally danger, danger have, have never been murdered, but uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I am from Cork. But yeah, there was um, a Netflix. Well, it's because you left. I mean, a, yes, I left. you left before it could happen to you. <laughs> so don't feel too bad because that was your choice. It was smart, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess people do when they hear. The, uh, where I'm from, they do think immediately of murdered, uh, poor murdered woman. Yeah, Sophie, I did not expect to pull her name and therefore I cannot. So her um, name is Sophie Toscan de Plantier and she's yes, a French de citizen Plantier. with a house in, yeah. in Cork and she was sadly killed. I think it was 20 years ago, but just lately they've been um, commodifying that murder into different products and mm-hmm, one of them mm-hmm. is a 
uh, podcast and, and two new documentaries about it actually on TV. But if you are interested in how beautiful Shetland, how beautiful uh, Scotland in general, how beautiful Ireland is, and in particular, how beautiful Cork is, you could find other ways to enjoy it, that and appreciate it <laughs> and not listen to the true crime thing. Um, <laughs> but it is a very beautiful area in my very humble opinion. Oh, yeah. No, it's lovely. I mean, Cork is yeah, Ireland is an island and Cork is a Wait, what? By the Hold sea. on, back up. This is taking a very strange turn. <laughs> the geography professor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's 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 so beautiful. Uh, but it is I mean it's it's it, it can be construed as a little more rural, right? Than like being in the center of Dublin or what have you. Um yeah, so Cork is a county and it's also a city. So um the rural parts are rural. I am. We have got to start a geography podcast together. This is illuminating, to say the very least. Uh, Siri, what's another word for rural? Um, <laughs> what was your What was your sort of high school? Um, what do we call it in Ireland? Secondary school? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I went to um, a, a secondary school, and it was pretty um, academic, I guess. And it wasn't um, it wasn't very arty or anything. Mm. I've I've since learned that, like in the US, you can sort of specialize in high school, or you know, you can kind of go to a high school that's known for yes. science or known for drama or something. True. Um, but this was just a, a kind of a secondary convent school that was sort of more academic, I suppose, than anything else. Quite unremarkable as a place. I think they've probably um, gotten better since since I left. <laughs> because you left is the way you said that. You, yeah, your because, emphasis yeah, really suggested that I, it was due to you know, leaving. It was a real horror show when I was there. <laughs> I would bully everybody, including the teachers and including the cleaners, and yeah, I made the place hell. So then, classic core. You would have killed someone if you hadn't left. That's where we're going with this. Not so much you would have been killed, but right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that because I think I thought that secondary schools could be like that in the UK as well. But that it was, but I'm, but maybe I'm confusing with more of a vocational post-secondary scenario where you could kind of like start learning about a a a thing or a a a study that you that you had an interest in, maybe younger than your conventional American like liberal arts kind of college student. But um, yeah, I mean, I I guess there are vocational schools, yeah, in Ireland too. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, where so you admit that you're I very, very wrong. was lying. Okay, okay. you knew you, you were me. wrong. You <laughs> knew you were wrong. Uh, <laughs> did you, and you had, did you have, did you know that you had an interest in the arts that was not being fulfilled uh, no, when I you didn't. were that age? No, okay. I, I, See, that's you know. a smart question. I just, uh, I hate to step outside myself for a uh-huh. second, but that's a very savvy question. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> I'll only need reassurances every 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really good. Thank you. <laughs> Two an hour or something. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't. I You know, I didn't really have any idea about what I wanted to do when I was older or anything. Um, and I think like because I started in stand up, stand up is kind of um, or when I was, you know, in school, I didn't really, I didn't know that it existed. So uh-huh. I wasn't really thinking about it or anything. Um, and so I saw an Eddie Murphy DVD when I was like 17, I think. And it was raw. I think it was raw. Yeah, um, sure. And just thought like, oh, he's incredible. Like he's yeah. brilliant. But I didn't think like I could do that, you know. Yeah. Just seemed pretty, um, pretty different to what like, yeah he he didn't see and I, I still don't do that like obviously <laughs> you know it's his, true his, that they're very style, different styles to stand yeah, up yeah very much so it's so different you know um 
but cut to me like strutting on stage in this like red leather <laughs> outfit just like screaming about like how stupid gay people are or whatever. <laughs> oh it could still happen the world is a crazy oh, upside absolutely, down place like, absolutely. <laughs> oh my yeah. god yeah I, what, and the, and you said it was a convent school so it was sort of the it was was it the it was it was because certainly there are private catholic schools and stuff here um yeah i mean there's a a kind of a strange and sad like hangover of like catholic control of ireland in the school system in that they still run the majority of schools in ireland they haven't separated church and state successfully in that Mm. regard so yeah it was a convent school i mean that just kind of meant there was like a nun was our principal yeah um and we had to do religion classes and stuff it wasn't insane but um but it wasn't ideal either and so your family you that you were not particularly religious in one way or another or were you um no we weren't no I mean I think like I have a common experience with a lot of Irish people you know my generation certainly who like 98% of like Irish people are Catholic on the census and everything. But, um, if, but if you, if what, you know, the churches are empty, like people don't really practice, but the school system is where, uh, it's still kind of caught up because you Mm. have to, to get into school. And as I said, most of them are run by Catholic organizations. You have to be Catholic. So. Wow. That's really interesting. I guess I didn't realize yeah, I definitely didn't know that. I, I think I... So it is something where it is almost like it is that vestige, but the vestige is still key in the sense that you mm-hmm. sort of hold on to that terminology or you hold on to that classification completely, purely, like, for semantics. So you can go to school. Yeah. Like, so it's a kind of... And per- what happens to you if you're, like, a pro- Protestant or some other mm-hmm. tiny percentage of, like, being Jewish or... How, yeah, how does that, or like does, Jehovah's Witness or, you know, yeah. in the past couple of decades, there's been more uh, immigrants arriving and there's more sure. new, new Irish um, people. So that's been, you know, that's been a real struggle because, you know, some people just, OK, I'll get the kid baptized like I'll do it, hmm. which is what, you know, so many of us do anyway. And then others are set up their own schools. They're called Educate Together schools. And then there are like specifically like Church of Ireland schools or there's, um, you know, schools that are, say, related to a synagogue in right. the area um, right. or a mosque. So yeah. but it's it's hard. I think it's really hard. It's kind of a it's kind well, of a yeah. really stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. <laughs> it's really unfair. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's I guess it's just telling enough that that there's a school that sort of identifies itself as educate together. I mean, that's because, <laughs> because that feels like that should be the goal across the board. Of right? course. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 really. I, yeah. I, I absolutely did not know that about the school system. No. Um, I mean, why would you, Janet? Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to pretend like I've heard a thing or two about Ireland. <laughs> I think I already dropped a certain first name of a poor woman who has been made very famous by Cork. If that doesn't tell you that I could know about the Irish school system, I don't know what does. Very true. <laughs> um, and and so you saw so you saw Eddie Murphy, obviously, um, and his stand up special. Did when did you start getting the chance to participate in mm-hmm. something a little more artistic? And and was it through school ever? Uh, no, not through school. No, I think I, I was 24 when I did my first open spot, which is, you know, the same as they are today in a comedy club where a new person can do yeah. like three minutes or maybe work their way up to like five minutes or something. So, yeah, it didn't get come to me until until later. So it's fun now when I do like workshops or go and speak to schools and stuff to see kids that are yeah. just like, you know, like funny teenagers who want to be funny in public and there's there's all of these different routes for them to do that now and I just think that's just so wonderful like the internet obviously and and just that they're and their own peer groups like they're like like, oh we could improv we could do sketches we could make a movie you know there's just all these like beautiful 
creative outlets available that are pr- pretty pretty accessible I think um yeah you know, excuse me free and um so that's just that's been a real change like just in my lifetime I think and and I think seeing like if I had a scene other 15 or 16 year olds um doing stuff I I would have done stuff too I'm sure I just didn't know it was an option yeah absolutely absolutely um and so what were you what were you quote unquote into I guess um as a teenager as you know a 16 year old or something Mm -hmm. were you uh did you have a big friend group did you were you more of like intimate smaller group of friends or just like a couple of you know very close friends were you yeah. were you immersing yourself in music like how did you feel seen if that makes sense um as a teenager um I think I certainly had you know close to I'm um, close with my siblings and um and a few great friends that I that I still have today from that time and I suppose that the kind of media media that I took in was really reading I would read all the time and um and music yeah those two definitely what music did you feel like um was i mean spilling i really, out the contents of your heart and mind lo- i really liked um smashing pumpkins and um blur i guess yeah. and bob marley <laughs> yeah and yeah those those ones i can recall that's a good that's a good uh, little trinity right there. Isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? It's like making me laugh to think about it. But um <laughs> and I don't listen to them anymore. I still listen to Bob Marley sometimes, but like I don't listen to like Smashing Pumpkins anymore. Yeah. I have No, I mean it I hasn't thought... it hasn't lasted for me. It hasn't like totally. stood the test of time. Which I think like I always <laughs> This I don't mean this as there. This is a, this is a sort a semi but also gently inflammatory thing to say, particularly because I'm about to say it about someone that I don't think anyone's going to be like what. <laughs> but I I think I remember even thinking that like a couple of years after I sort of moved out of my Tori Amos phase, I I remember thinking like, huh, I wonder if you it she felt so seminal in such a specific way for such a specific period in my life that I, I, and this is very self-centered and solipsistic of me um, to make it seem like I represent everyone. But I, I think I had a thought of like, I don't know if as an adult I would feel called to listen to this music. And that makes me wonder if you are a musician who sort of ends up fall like a like a certain age group ends up falling in love with you um and it's so important to you for that time mm-hmm. do like do you know that about yourself do you know what i mean like does tori mm-hmm. did tori if if i'm right about tori amos does does she kind of know like you know i just i make a thing that happens to be it's almost like ya lit like a lot of people can enjoy it but it tends to touch this age range this gender this socioeconomic background like mm. it sort of ends up being for someone in a way that maybe she didn't even intend um and and so i'm not saying that that's smashing pumpkins per se but it did it, it is something i think about because i do feel like there was music that i really needed that was so important to me for a certain time in my life but mm. almost because of that it's like emotionally time stamped in a way that i just don't like it never occurs to me to listen to it now yeah, I wonder if they do think about that. I mean, now Alanis Morissette is like touring her yeah. album again, I think. And I I don't know that like 16-year-old girls or women are going to see her. I think it's probably like 38-year-olds or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I I don't I don't really know. I remember being so incensed though like cuz I was a fan of Blur. Who now, when I listen, I'm like, this music is stupid. But um, <laughs> I remember, I'm like, trying to seeing... think if I know a Blur song other than Tender. Yeah, I'm not sure I, mean, I do. The Country House or whatever. Mm. But uh, yeah, Sounds I saw stupid. an interview. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. House. All right. <laughs> um, he Damon Albarn was like bitching about his fans. Like he was like, oh, all these like teenage girls love us and like that's so stupid like they don't even know who Balzac is you know because I guess he like 
talked about Balzac in it. And I was so mad and I was like, but I know who Balzac is. Like, I get it. Instead of, instead of being like, you know, oh, well then fuck you. Like, I'm not going to buy your music anymore. I was like, no, but you don't understand. Like, I love, I get oh, it. Sure. I get it. <laughs> God, they, yeah, they, they absolutely, you gave them such a gift and such a pass by, Mm-hmm. Letting that be almost like a guy who's negging you. Right? I know. Like, you're like, no, 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 see me. No, I'm here. I'm your dream girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my god. So but funny. that's so. But that's so normal. I mean, I, again, I think that's that's something that um, that's like part of the evolution of being a teenager. I think is feeling like you know, if only someone would just see that while on the outside I might look like just another fan. Like I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm special. Like I, th- I think you know. I mean, that's yeah. just that feels that feels like adorably human, right? Um, totally. As well, you oh know. God. What kind of uh, what kind of books were you reading? Um, and uh, by the way, I'm not saying like I have an answer to that, but every once in a while, someone will be like, you know, when I was 15, I was really into historical fiction, and I'm always like, whoa, that's so that's so specific and seems so mature of you to have like a strong like that wasn't like a horror or you know oh, romance yeah. or something. Well, no, I mean similarly, I I don't I can't specifically say like when I was 15 what I was reading. I'd say like I was reading as much as I could, and I think I was reading uh, honestly I was reading like Russian not in Russian but I really liked reading Russian novelists as a teenager which was partially um being pompous and and (laughs) partially like showing off you know that I could but also really enjoying them and having the kind of concentration then that like I cannot believe that I had hmm. now because I could just literally lie on my bed reading for hours and hours and yeah. hours and not take notes Same. and, you know, not get up from my, you know, yeah. I just, you know, it was kind of really transportative. And yeah. I think that's why those big epic novels that like talk about big ideas were sure. were really really enthralling to me at that time because I could actually sink into them there was like nothing else going on in my life <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's the question I mean that is the mm-hmm. that's the sort of um the potential of being from a more quiet or rural place mm-hmm. uh, can allow for all kinds of different developments including yeah just like really having a passionate relationship with the immersive arts and, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like starting to get like, where do you get the information that your future life may indeed exist outside of kind of everything about what's normal to you now? Yeah, for sure. Because of course you moved to Russia. My new, yeah, Uh, my new life as as a (laughs) surf on the steps. (laughs) No, but I think again, I'm just doing. Ever since you know, 15 years ago, when this American Life established the term "modern jackass" and "modern jackass" magazine, it it has never stopped feeling like it's hits very close to home on a regular (laughs) basis. But I do feel like again, like German, really, Janet, you just proved your point a million times over. Um, but like Russian novels, Russian novelists and, and Russian philosophy and stuff like that, if if you can sink your teeth into it at that age, that's kind of a great age to learn about existentialism or to learn about communism or to learn about, you know, the, the, I was going to say war and peace. <laughs> to learn, <laughs> to learn about, about war, war to peace. learn about peace, um, to learn about Karenina. Uh <laughs> That, you know, that there that that's that is kind of an amazing time because your brain is such a sponge to to learn about that stuff. Like I went through a phase where I was just I could not get enough information about very specifically like the photographer Edward Weston, which then mm-hmm. branched out into his partner, Tina Madotti, which branched mm-hmm. out into Diego Rivera, which branched out. Into, I mean, like, so, so it sort of grew into and it was because I was so fascinated by the idea of these sort of art- artist um, 
like collaborations and <laughs> and in some cases clicks, mm-hmm. but also you know those the people that really felt like okay in addition to you know being this black and white photographer who's interested in like the curves of a pepper i think i'll also go um to mexico and you know try to further the communist cause like i just found that so fascinating and it's not that's not something that i have the same like voracious appetite for now Mm-hmm. Even though it, you could arguably say like, well, your your life experience and the rest of your education might bring like a different, put a different lens on that and you might really get something out of it. I just don't feel called to it the same way that I did when I was younger. Yeah, I think time is a big, is a big factor. Like I just had so much time then that yeah. I, you know, that I could just do that, do that for hours is such a luxury. And I mean, I think too, like, I, I don't know that I was like, say when I was reading the Brothers Karamazov, which is a book that I that I really did, you know, love. I don't think I was like, I want to know what it's like in Russia. I was always trying to apply it to my own life, mm. like in a funny way, that funny way that you do, even if you haven't had any life experience, you're trying to make sense of their stories through your own. And just just the story of like, you know, what what is it to be good or what is it to, um, you know, like why do we die and like what does it mean you know these things like that that are the the stuff that you you're starting to think about as you get to be an adult um that I think that's what drew me in as well and um you know as well as just I, I I used to like want people to know that I could read that right it's like so dumb because like nobody. But if gives you're in your <laughs> if you're in your bedroom, just lying on your bed, like, are you also taking it to oh, so like you know a cafe friends. and sort of no. hold it? Oh my god, I see, no. I see. Okay, no, my, my brother's friends, I'd be like, oh, did you ever read Dostoevsky? And they'd be like, can, can you ask her to leave? Why are you using that voice? Um, what uh, voice? <laughs> do you think that's what Russian sounds like? But it's uh, also like that is so adorable to me that like yes. I thought that's what what would make them like me oh my god I just wanted to ask you really quickly how many like how many siblings you had because you did say that you had a closeness to yeah siblings, so I have and I didn't want to one brother them. and six sisters okay that so is it's a, a whole other gang, podcast it? episode <laughs> it's a big uh, gang. we're gonna have to unpack that another time <laughs> um but that is a big beautiful some might argue catholic gang but that's not the case here you just had a big family just had a big family yeah, yeah. um uh, I would say Mormon families also a, a very good, and I'm not I'm not in a, from a big family, but my mom's side of the family is also Mormon, and there are definitely oh. a lot of like and there were eleven of us, so I I feel like that's the contemporary. I mean, also there's like contemporary Catholicism and contemporary poverty that causes all kinds of reasons to have lots of kids, and sometimes you just want lots of kids. But I always but Mormonism is such a new religion comparatively speaking mm-hmm. that I sort of think of it as being like the shiny squeaky like plastic target aisle version of of like a big catholic family um i'm sure i've offended eight to nine people please please text me at club and Uh, let me know your thoughts and feelings i will get back to you okay and that's with a k that's with a k and that's okay oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to fire some questions at you. I'm not even going to okay. bother explaining this because I know that we're short on time. So I want you to just give me three answers for each of these categories. You can just oh, come amazing. up with the top of your head and then we'll find out uh, by my system of eeny, meeny, miny, mo-ish, uh, which alternate universe is guaranteed to happen for you. So first category, I'm going to say three 
books that you can jump into and just be in that world, be totally immersed in that world um, whenever you want? Oh, um, uh, I think 100 Years of Solitude. Beautiful. And... Um, Oh, what's the Mary H.K. Choi yoke? It's Mary H.K. Choi. Oh, okay, yeah. Two, two sisters and their relationship, and it's about. Oh, yeah, and then and then the third one. Um, I'm gonna say. God, this is hard. I know. It's, I'm really asking you to just yank stuff out of the library of your mind. <laughs> what about Phoebe Robinson's book, You Can't Touch My Hair? That's wonderful. One. Yeah. Her voice is so like you're you're just like there talking to her. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Three places in the world that you would like to have a second home and we're gonna assume that we can just teleport you there so you don't have to worry about the travel. Ooh, so maybe in Ireland and um I don't know why I feel like I have to give you like a real <laughs> like this is going to happen. <laughs> That's the beauty of this game. It starts to feel extremely important. Okay, so Ireland, New York and um New Zealand. Great. Romance or just companionship or just something sexy. Three people can be characters from books, can be animals in cartoons, can be any <laughs> age, any era. Your pick. Um, Three. Okay, well then, since we were talking about it, I'll say Alyosha from the Brothers Karamazov. Great. And um, Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Great. And um, Lizzie from Pride and Prejudice. Beautiful. Oh, I like the idea of maybe everybody living all together from the second two. You know what? Let's we'll we'll throw Alyosha in there as well. Okay, <laughs> next one: three foods that either are difficult to come by because you know it's it's this one uh, slice of cake you had this one time that you've never been able to find its its uh, equal, or it could just be something that you don't feel great about eating now because of you know the environment or an allergy or just calories, whatever. We're gonna do three foods that you can have at the snap of your fingers in perpetuity with zero ramifications. Oh, so there's this egg sandwich that I got from this place called Poppies in Brooklyn. And like the staffers were so rude. They were just busy, but I was also yeah. like, this is a little bit much. We're yeah. all busy. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love their this egg sandwich that they only do at the weekends. Oh, wonderful. This is what this so, category is for. You get it. Two more. Yeah. So, okay. So there's that. Then there's these chips that are from New Orleans that are called voodoo great uh-huh. <laughs> thing and i don't know what the fuck that they are supposed to taste like yeah but they're just so good but i can never really find them so sometimes my friend great. sends me them oh that's great so there's those and then um the cake that my sister makes which is uh chocolate peanut butter that she makes my birthday each Yum. year oh yes. yeah it's so good so like all of those i have no qualms about you know um Nutritional values or calories or anything like that. It's just that they're, for different reasons, they're sort of not available to me whenever I want them. So yeah, exactly. please make that happen. This is exactly what this category is for. I'm so pleased. Okay, next category. Let's do three uh, composers or singer-songwriters, bands, whatever you want, that kind of, um, co- they're composing an album for your life. It's like a soundtrack to Maeve's life. Three. Um... So the man who writes the succession theme music. Oh, that's such a good I don't know his show name. And such a good, but I do and love such a good music. That yeah. soundtrack, yeah. And then Anderson Pack, who I think is really wonderful. Great. And Louis Armstrong. Great. 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 Uh three people from history, uh recent history, ancient history that you would love to spend an afternoon with and just sort of pick their brain. For one reason or another. Oh, um, I think probably Joan of Arc Great. would be really interesting. Saint Augustine and um, who would my third person be? Oh, do they have to be dead? Or yeah, no. You know what? They don't <laughs> they have to be have dead. To be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to kill this person to then? Yeah. yeah. 
small price to pay for an <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> small price to pay for an afternoon with their spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. I mean, I'd like to meet Pocahontas, the original Pocahontas. Great. Wonderful. Okay. You have in your uh, current abode a sort of magical door that leads to a room that is mm-hmm. doesn't exist in this time and space. So you could have this 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 extra room in your home could be a greenhouse. It could be a forest. It could be a yoga room. It could be a sewing room. Uh, as practical or impractical as you would like, three places you would love to have a magical door inside your home that you could go to. Oh, so to the beach. Great. And to... Um, I guess like it would just be really useful just to go to, to Midtown Manhattan. Great, great, <laughs> great. <laughs> great. And then obviously Ireland. Great. Okay. Uh, final category. Let's do three. Oh, let's do three things that exist. This is a broad subject, but three <laughs> things that exist in the world that you actually now get to take credit for. So you can be like, oh, the fact that everyone knows to make two two cars get to go uh, left on yellow. I came up with that. Or it could be like, you know, Michelangelo would not do David. Like that was me. Oh, so I want to take credit for vaccinations. Great. And... um. Uh, curly hair <laughs> great <laughs> and the idea of actually combining chocolate and peanut butter which is something that I great. only started because I said so great headline Maeve mm-hmm. thinks she's a god takes credit <laughs> for curly hair uh, not perms curly hair at birth great give me a number between one and seven uh, three Okay. While I do this very important non scientific work, yeah, yeah. very important. Uh, I got to get my Bunsen burner fired up. Uh, <laughs> w- would you please tell people where they can see Dinette? Maybe a touch more about it, and anything else uh, of yours that people should be uh, keeping their oh, eyes yeah. open for. So or following I you. hope that you watch Dinette. It's on Brick TV. It's on YouTube. It's all we'll for free. link to it in the show notes too, guys. Okay, great. And uh, it's a really funny comedy show it's a web series and there's two seasons of it and there's tons of us just comedy people all women or gender non-conforming folks who um just are having a laugh at one another there's no big message to it it's just pure enjoyment and um i'm delighted with how it turned out yeah it's great it's great cannot recommend it enough and it is very there's it's 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 light without feeling like sub like not substantive somehow you sort mm-hmm. of get both a feeling of like it's great it's great uh okay i'm almost done i i shirked from my responsibilities because i was <laughs> being too complimentary of you so that's on me i'm um, happy take all the time you want babe okay as long as i get my praise guess what you got <gasps> it and here's what else you got number <laughs> one i'm excited to tell you yeah. that you can take credit for creating the concept of chocolate mixing with peanut butter. Yes. And that translates very nicely to the nonstop access you have to your sister's chocolate peanut butter cake. So that's a little piece of serendipity that happened right there. Uh, You also, it's it's a slice of heaven. Not only that, you have one door in your house right now that leads to Ireland. And also a second home that you can teleport to in New Zealand. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. Uh, so that is uh, an embarrassment of riches there. Really, you have, truly. You have a... Um, you have a... Oh, God, what is this? <laughs> Jenna, you need to tell me. This is urgent. Oh, okay, okay. You have a soundtrack that is sort of taking you, carrying you on all of these wonderful journeys yes. uh, by Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Charming, cute. charming, charming. You are uh, able to spend an afternoon with Pocahontas and just have that oh God, magical, so miraculous experience. Mm-hmm. You can also, uh, I guess I'll say your house, it's Mansion Apartment Shacker House. That's what MASH stands for. So you, your house is in New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, very yeah. nice. Oh, and yeah. of course, any house in New Zealand comes with 50 sheep. So congratulations on that. <laughs> I love them. And uh, <laughs> and you can also jump inside of, and you can do this with or without your companion, uh 
Lizzie from uh, I almost said Jane Eyre. <laughs> Lizzie from Jane Eyre. Good. Ever the titular character, Lizzie from Jane Eyre. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jane for is Pride like, and Prejudice. Woo! Uh, and you, so so with or without, possibly without, because jumping into a hundred years of solitude. Um, I mean, listen, if you want to be true to the title. Uh, then you might do it alone. But yeah, uh, a beautiful, beautiful alternate universe life is happening for you. I want to congratulate you again I'm on that. I feel so you've done great pleased. work here today. Um, everyone, please check out Dinette. Uh, and if you see Maeve's name attached to anything, you can be fairly confident that is going to be a joy to behold. So oh, uh, thank that you. is a, just a, a rule of thumb. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maeve. And uh, everybody else, stay safe. I'll talk to you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported